On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we're taking a detour from the big screen to talk about what we're watching on the small screen. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today? You know, I'm, I'm doing well. We, we, we've been missing out. I've been missing out on the theaters. Haven't gotten to see a, a movie for a little bit, but some of that's caused by football being back. So, you know, it's football true. being back combined with, uh online gambling being <laughs> being legal in Arizona full blown degenerate like now, let, let me preface us. most of our money if not i would say 90% of our money for people get the wrong idea about us <laughs> has been free money that yes. they offered to lure in and trap and and uh get people like ourselves into online gambling but thankfully all of our almost all of our betting thus far has been on free money provided by said apps, but still it provides reason to want to watch these games, which takes a little less time to uh, to get out and go to the theaters. Yep. Plus, we're kind of going in a little bit of a, a dry spell here. I feel like as far as like movies were really hyped about, there's been some some solid movies that have come out, I think, but uh, sure. nothing that's like. Got to reserve my spot, get there Friday night, you know, and go and watch it or, or even Thursday night or that. So uh, it's been mostly, you know, sitting and streaming stuff lately or, or uh, watching football. Yeah, the last couple of weeks has been a little tough because there hasn't been. I mean, you know, everything that you said, uh, football's back. So that that's very exciting. Um, the fall, for whatever reason, when we get into fall times, like things just start getting busier and there is, you know, it's funny, most normal years, there is that like late October, early December kind of lull that almost always happens. It's usually three or four weeks where it's like, okay, the summer's over, the fall's coming and it's a bunch of tiny stuff. Now, obviously Shang-Chi came out at the start of September and that has been rolling through the box office. It's been number one at the box office for three weeks in a row, made another 21 million this weekend doing great, you know? Um, but there's been other smaller movies that have come out since then, like Kate on Netflix or malignant uh, on HBO max, the card counters, one of the ones that, that we, you know, kind of pointed out as one that we, we might want to see, you know, the eyes of Tammy Faye might wind up bringing a bunch of Oscar nominations in. Cry Macho, obviously, Clint Eastwood. But the other thing is that, you know, I think out of all of those, the card counter was the one we were most excited about. And frankly, it was hard to find more than, you know, one or two showings at a theater. So, you know, it is what it is, right? But that doesn't mean we're not watching things, David. And you actually brought this up to me, and I think it's a really good point in that, you know, people are binging. People be binging. Everybody's out there looking for things to binge. And I'm sure if your relationship is anything like mine's and David's, 
You got a lot of friends out there telling you what you should binge. Oh, you got to watch this on this show and whatever. I don't really want to do that this episode, David. And I don't think you <laughs> did either. But we definitely wanted to kind of talk about the stuff that we have been watching because one of the rare things is that we're almost always watching the same thing. Yeah. Not necessarily the case this time, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like people are looking for bin suggestions. People are looking for all types of things that they're wanting to, to watch. And I think you and I have a pretty unique perspective on the stuff that we're watching, right? Like what, what would you say if I had to ballpark it, I think you're a little bit more adventurous when it comes to looking up new things. Mm. And I think I am more about either rewatching stuff or kind of looking back on old stuff as well. Would you say that's accurate? I, I would say that's true. I, I don't find myself, listen, there was a period of time where I would just watch Ocean's movies every night. And now there's a difference too between what I'm binging and what I have on at night. Cause I'm someone who likes, maybe it's from all the traveling we've done in uh-huh. our lives and sleeping in hotel rooms. But like, there's something to me about for whatever reason, I fall asleep with watching something all the sure. time. Like that's part of my routine. I have something on, I fall asleep. I'm sure lots of people listening to this or not listening to this will talk to me about how my sleep would be better if I didn't have something on <laughs> while I went to sleep. I'm sure that's the case, but for whatever reason, that's my routine. I put something on now for the thing that I watch as I fall asleep, it's gotta be like a rerun. It's gotta be something I've seen. Otherwise, yes, I'll end up staying till up till three, 4 AM binging it because I want to see what happens next. So definitely the, the go to sleep thing is like episodes of the office friends, you know, oceans, movies, something I've seen before stuff that you're comfortable, like what half watching. Yeah. I'm like that too. Not necessarily to fall asleep. I like to kind of just shut it all down. Although I do have my little white noise that I love, love little white noise. I can't sleep in total silence, but there are just times where I just want to, you know, fool around on the internet. I want to read, I want to look up, you know, uh, (laughs) money lines for next week. I want to look up my fantasy football, I want to just play games on my phone and I don't want to put anything on that's new because I don't want to miss anything. Right. So you're sometimes are looking for that thing that you can watch half the time as well. But that's not really what we're talking about this episode, at least, because we all know, you know, well, maybe not we all, but many of us know the office, you know, or yeah. friends or some of the things that you said, right? Parks and Rec, stuff Parks like that. Parks and Rec, exactly. So what does it take for you to actually, you know, stay up late watching something or take I, the dive on a new show? I think there's a couple things. So I, I do like to kind of follow what people are talking about. So like Twitter and, and uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes and some of the people that we follow will kind of give you a general idea if there's something that's gaining some steam something that's getting getting hot um money heist i wouldn't have stumbled upon that if not for like seeing it regularly in the top 10 of things watched in netflix seeing people talking about it on twitter you know yada 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 and so i like seeing what people are are that usually starts me off on, on potentially piquing my interest. Um, I think other factors would be like people I know or really like 
you know, like, uh, when I watched Ozarks for the first time, obviously, um, enjoy all the people that were involved in that, but obviously sure. specifically, uh, Oh, Jason Bateman. Yeah. So that, that kind of got me there. So that's another way, or, um, you know, sometimes it will be just kind of browsing through things, seeing something, watching the trailer for it, you know, maybe giving it an episode. There's not many times where I get all the way through watching a full episode that I'm like, eh, not really into this. There have been those cases. I know uh, what was the what was the fake like documentary series with like they did two seasons of it. I know you were big into it. There was like graffiti or something like that. Um, Fake documentary series. It was on Netflix and it was like at oh, high school. Oh, oh, it was uh, American Vandal. American Vandal. Yes. Like I watched a couple episodes of that and I just I couldn't I couldn't keep going. So That's like fair. There are times where everybody's talking about something. I start watching it and either I'm not in the mood or I just can't get into it. But typically, if I give it an episode or two, I'll ride it out, even if I recognize this isn't the best thing. Uh -huh. And part of that, I think, is because of COVID. Like I, I watch shows and caught up on shows and things like that way more in COVID um, than I think I ever have, because, you know, COVID obviously caused us to stop getting as much new stuff. Sure. Because um, there was a period of times where stuff wasn't being shot. Um, also in COVID, we had a kid, we, we, I had a new son yep. come into the world. So I had a couple of weeks where I wasn't working and, you know, as much as a baby is a lot of work, there's also a lot of downtime. So we, we binged a lot during that. So sure. there's, there's a number of contributors, but I think for me, it's, it's typically something that's getting some hype, a story or, or a theme or a topic that I can get into or, um, you know, a trailer that will kind of get me and, uh, and I'll make the dive in, but yeah, I'm, I'm open to a lot of things. I think I have a wider breadth of genres that I'm into than probably you. I can do like the heists or the thriller type of movie or uh, shows. I can do, you know, the cheese ball, like high school CW type of shows. I can do, uh, you know, kind of all over the place. I'm, I'm not sure. as picky. Whereas I feel like you, you have a, a pretty uh, specific type that you like, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. What's your binge, binge well, criteria? Well, I mean, obviously in the, the thing is, is like, there's, there's the, the spoken unspoken elephant in the room, which is COVID. Right. And the psychological effects that COVID has, or the emotional effects that COVID has the anxiety, you know, the, 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 the cave, you know, there's a, there's a phrase for it, you know, it's like a, a cave syndrome or, or something like that, where, it really didn't, I personally didn't feel the need to tackle a ton of unfamiliar things. I wanted to go for things that were more familiar, you know, things that have existed around for a while. So I binged a bunch of comedy. I re-binged Parks and Rec. I did the, I did the office for the first time all the way through, but like I knew what the, I was getting into with the office for the most part, but mostly um, when it comes to movies, you know, I am watching new to me movies, but a lot of them are old. There's something about me that for whatever reason, it could be triggered by anything. And that's the thing, right? I think overall, I think the biggest answer is like, you just got to feel it, you know, to quote the late, great Bernie Mac from Ocean's Eleven, you got to feel it, right? And 
that could be triggered by anything, right? So, you know, what kind of, for some reason, I decided I wanted to watch a bunch of disaster monster movies. So I watched like mm-hmm. San Andreas. I watched uh, both Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans, the, not the remakes, the crappy remakes, you know, mm-hmm. not the new ones. And there was just something about them being brainless, like action that I don't know, was just weirdly comforting and weirdly just like, and again, something that I can kind of half turn off when there's like a big explosion somewhere. And uh, yeah, I just found it really interesting. And then other things obviously have to do with like what's in the, the lexicon right now, what's in the cultural zeitgeist of being conversed about. One of One of my favorite podcasts that I listen to a little bit more than you do is the big picture. And one that we listen to pretty regularly together, not together, like we sit and listen to it together, but we both are listeners of it is the rewatchables. Mm -hmm. And the rewatchables is also not an insignificant effect into like, I want to watch this old movie. I want to watch that old movie. They're talking about how great it is. Right. This last week though, Clint Eastwood came out with a new movie. All right. And so let, let's get the conversation started about what we've been watching recently. Uh, so Clint Eastwood came out with a new movie, Cry Macho. It's available on HBO Max. It's available in theaters. I have not watched it yet. If I were a good movie podcaster, I would have started <laughs> what I started this week, two weeks ago, so that I could be prepared for Cry Macho. But I didn't. Mostly because I have a very contentious relationship with Clint. <laughs> weirdly enough it's not really ingrained in his politics um it's really more ingrained in two movies mystic river and million dollar baby and my my and and granted those movies are from when i was younger right those were when i was in my 20s i just did not like Sean Penn. I didn't like his overacting. I didn't like, is that my daughter in there? Like 15 guys holding him back. Didn't care for it. And then good old million dollar baby comes along and is like, we're going to be a great sports movie. And then spoiler for million dollar baby halfway through. It's like, no, we're going to be about the right to suicide and it's going to be terrible. And I just don't appreciate that. You know, you've heard me <laughs> rant about how cars three misled me in the trailer That's born from Million Dollar Baby. But there is no denying that Clint Eastwood is a significant member, a figure in film history. There really hasn't been anybody like Clint ever. And I never really watched a ton of Clint Eastwood, despite the fact that my dad gave me all sorts of Westerns and stuff like that. I, I never watched a lot of Clint Eastwood at all. So I started back in April. I watched the first two Dirty Harry movies. And this this last week, I finished the last three. I finished The Enforcer. I finished Sudden Impact. And I finished The Deadpool. And just to talk about those for a second, we'll, we'll trade back and forth. So I'll talk about Dirty Harry. I'll throw some stuff at you because I got a lot of things I want to talk about, obviously. But the Dirty Harry movies, which are all available on HBO Max right now, are just such interesting cultural artifacts. You know, I would argue that a policeman who doesn't care for the rules maybe has not aged very well in this, in this, in this climate that we're in. Right. 
I would argue that the, the age of propaganda where like, oh, this guy is right and all the pencil pushers are wrong. The lawyers are wrong. The captain's wrong. The chiefs, you know, a politician, he's wrong. You know, in the in the in the vacuum of the movie, when he's going against serial killers and terrorists and things like that, like, yeah, OK, sure, fine. But it's just so interesting the way that like Dirty Harry got all of that type of feedback. Everybody was talking about how like a rogue cop isn't great. And then in the second movie, what's so interesting is that there is kind of a self-referential aspect to the Dirty Harry movies. There is a self-awareness because Dirty Harry is looking and, and trying to figure out who this vigilante groups of cops doing a bunch of murders is. The vigilante cops are the bad guy in the second one. You know, in the third one, he's given a, a, a rookie um, female partner, you know? So, oh, Dirty Harry has to deal with women's lib. Uh, it's just so interesting. In the fourth one is, is another one because he's hunting down a serial killer who's actually a woman killing all the people who participated in her gang rape. So, like, it is, they are un un unquestionably, like, Films that have aged poorly. Dirty Harry is a character, is a character that has aged poorly. But you can't help but be fascinated by the way that those movies challenge their own existence. And and maybe that maybe that's you know, maybe it's just lip service. You know, maybe it's just, oh well, he can't hate all black people because he has a black partner in this one. I don't know, but I did at least find it interesting. You know, I, I found it interesting that all of the main villains throughout the series are mostly white people. And yet like there's always an opening scene featuring some type of minority gang, whether it be Mexicans, whether it be black people who are just the worst versions of what people think they are. You know, they're get out of here, Vato, like terrible characters of what they are. And Dirty Harry can just gun them down because they're the worst people in the world. It's just so complicated, but I can't help but be interested by it. And the movies definitely t taper off as we get further along. But that's the f one of the biggest things. And, and, and uh, we'll talk about what's upcoming later. But needless to say, I am on this like Clint rediscovery campaign mm. that may end up with me revising my thoughts on maybe Mystic River, but Million Dollar Baby, never. I'll never. What's. What's the uh, what's the next Clint Clint movie on tap? Then you've so, conquered all the dirty Harry's. So I got to do the man with no name trilogy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Some of my know, faves. Fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. Good, bad, and the ugly have never seen them. What I've I've done a lot. David, you know this. I've done a lot of rectifying as a movie fan with some of the classics I haven't seen. You know, Citizen yeah. Kane was was a mark off, you know, within this last year. Yeah. So like those are the next ones because and then I might throw in um, Pale Rider. I might throw in Outlaw Josie Rails. I might. There's one more whose whose name is escaping me. Um, but then I Un want to do like Unforgiven. Obviously. Unforgiven. I was going to say, well, it's going to get to Unforgiven. I didn't yeah. I, I was tempted to watch Unforgiven just last night and just skip all the work <laughs> and go straight to Unforgiven. But there's there's there is a history, right? There is a Absolutely. history that you and I have not lived in the, 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 the phenomenon that was Clint Eastwood. You know, we weren't alive when he was on Rawhide. We weren't alive when he was making the spaghetti Westerns. We didn't see, we didn't see his growth 
from like literally one of the most handsome men ever to be in movies age through this, you know? And, and there's all this conversation about him as a director and him just cranking out movies. You know, people forget like he did the 1517 to Paris. He did Richard Jewell. He did the mule. He did crime. Like he is just cranking out movies. Dude is 91 years old. And there's something respectable about that. You know, I can't help but but respect that. And so, yeah, the whole cry macho thing, you know, people did it back in 91, 92 when Unforgiven came out. They were like reassessing Clint's career. And now freaking 30 years later, we're reassessing Clint's career again. And that longevity just can't be ignored. When you know? do you get to uh, Bridges of Madison County? Eh, those I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting on. There's some other ones that I'm waiting on where I'm just like, I don't know if, if that's necessary. Other people would argue, I'm sure that that is just part of, you know, the, the that's part of the story. I'm not here to do Clint's entire filmography. All right. Let's just uh, let's be real. You, that, that would take a while. That would definitely be a binge. It would be a very long binge, but like I want to hit some of the some of the hits, you know, mm -hmm. I want to hit like. You know, I, I or High Plains Drifters, the other one, I think that I really mm -hmm. wanted to watch where he just is just Clint. He's just a stranger. Um, you know, maybe I'll hit up uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. hit up some of those. But like, do I give a crap about every which way but loose, you know, and him riding with a with an orangutan? I can't say that I give that big of a crap. <laughs> Um, do I care about like his kind of late nineties, mid two thousands run where he was doing like space cowboys? I don't hate space yeah. cowboys. I, I like space cowboys. I have, I don't need to revisit that. The funny thing is, is it, space cowboys came out in 2000 and he was playing the like old, I don't want to say washed up. That's not the right word, but like, yeah, the old the old guys, old guys. And now we're 21 years later and he's still doing movies, which I think is incredible. It's incredible. And so is Tommy Lee, um, who was in that. And and uh, and so we we still have my uh, guy, Tommy Lee Jones. Love yep. him. Our guy, Donald Sutherland. Yep. Like some classics there. So and that's the interesting thing. Interesting thing about Clint's career is for every like run of, you know, Unforgiven, In the Line of Fire, A Perfect World, you know, Bridges of Madison County. That's a pretty solid run. For every run of those, you get Changeling, Invictus, Hereafter, J. Edgar, Jersey Boys, like, eh. trouble, Trouble with the curve. Yeah. So, you know, it again, it's complicated. It's interesting. And even though, you know, I haven't seen, even though we're, it's, it's, Essentially, we're talking about Cry Macho, even though neither of us have seen Cry Macho. I cannot help but now being 35 now, Jesus, uh, and being somebody <laughs> who who is is looking back and trying to learn more and look back and get out of my comfort zone and and directly challenge things that I have not liked for so long. I mean, I mean, come on, man. I love Asian food now. Just the last year alone has shown a lot of growth. personal growth for me. Huge. <laughs> so. Growth. So I think Clint and I are, are I can't say Clint is growing. He's 91. I don't know how much growth he has left, but I, I will say that I'm growing with Clint and going through some of his stuff. So that's one of the biggest things I've been watching uh, is just Clint and his filmography. Uh, and, and obviously I'm going to keep mowing through it, too. I just. I'm fascinated by it. I'm interested.
What like about it. you? Now that I've gone on my Clint run, what about you? What have, what have you been watching? What are, what so, have uh, what so have you watched the, recently? So one of the things that I think also makes you and I different in in binging is it's really hard for me to sit down and watch a movie at home. Um, mostly because a lot, most of the movies I want to watch are probably not appropriate for <laughs> five-year-old, for the three-year-old children. and a one-year-old. Um, so that means I'm, I'm left to wait to binge until later in the evening. And, you know, it's hard when you, you start a movie at, you know, nine o'clock at night, unless you're like really engaged to it to sit through like two hours for some reason, being able to do four 30 minute episodes, knowing that I can pull the plug at any time in the, in 30, every 30 minutes sure, is, is for whatever reason, a whole lot easier to do. Even if it's hour episodes, it's a whole lot easier to do an hour, say, do I want to do one more? I'll do one more. And there's something segmented about it. You know? Yeah. Versus a movie. It's like, for me, I don't want to, especially if it's a movie I haven't seen or I haven't seen for a really long time or don't really remember well, like I don't want to start it and then not finish it. So I have to be very committed to want to start a movie. So that's why I find myself I going find myself to TV there shows. all the time. Like, do I want to commit two hours right now? What's what is it? What time is it in two hours? Ah, it's too late. I got to be in yeah. bed. I got to yep. be in bed before sundown. Yep. So first first thing that I watched recently was and I talked about this. I think we did an episode on streaming like way back early in COVID, but I watched season one back in when we did that episode of Outer Banks and they came out with a mm-hmm. season two. That's how long COVID unfortunately has been going on. We've already gotten a season two all still while in COVID. Seriously. But the first one came out, I think it was right at the beginning of COVID. So it came out April 15th, 2020. And then uh, the l- recent season, season two came out July 30th, 2021. So about a year apart. And it's basically kind of like an adventure, kind of a heist, kind of a teenage drama type of thing. Is there, but, com- is there are ages come like, are, is there coming of ages? Um, or are no, they all- cause it's, it's sent in a, it's, it's spent in a very short period of time. So there's not a whole lot of changing, but it's, it's definitely, they're all supposed to be high schoolers, but they all definitely seem like college or older, <laughs> despite the fact that we're being told that they're all high schoolers. I've all, they always like, every time I see something high school, I'm like, I, where in high school is are there dorms in high school i for, it took me forever to get over the fact that they had like dorms in in mighty ducks three yeah even exactly. though it's a prep school so whatever yep yep so but anyways it's it's sent it it's uh set in the outer banks of, of north carolina and and the first one was very much a heist it was looking for this treasure this legend of this treasure and you know all the drama that goes into it other people looking for it the danger that goes with that also them being outcasts in in high school um well that one ended on a cliffhanger in essence the treasure was found spoiler slightly um (laughs) couple of the characters were on the run though and it had a good it had a good finale so it was interesting to see because it was all built around finding this treasure. And since they had found it in that where they were going to go with the next season. So this season was, uh, I would say it was a whole lot 
worse in some of the dialogue and that, but I, I still dug it. It's one of those like guilty pleasure type of shows. And uh, it's a pretty easy binge. Both of them only have 10 episodes. So okay. you're looking at 10 hours to do the, to do one season 20 for, for both seasons. Uh, but it's fun. It's, it's got some mystery. It's got some action. Um, and, and I enjoy all the characters and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there's, there's enough twists and turns. There's enough, you know, fun, uh, you know, scenes and things like that to kind of keep you going on it. And there's enough kind of mystery in that. And supposedly I think there's going to be a, a season three. I think it might've actually already been renewed for a season three. If not that it's pretty much determined that it is because it's been doing pretty, pretty successful from that. Hey, it won at the People Choice Awards Bingeworthy Show of 2020. So that that gives you that. So <laughs> there you, know, you go. If nothing else, go off of that. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. If you're looking for something that's not too deep that you can kind of have on and and pay attention, but not have to be like super engaged into it. Sure. I, th- I think it's enjoyable. I couldn't get Allie quite to get through it. She wasn't quite sold on it. She kind of lost interest. I will say, I think that's somewhat because it was like at the end of her maternity or uh, yeah, maternity leave Okay, that she was watching the first season and we had binged like Ozarks and a couple other shows. So I think she was uh, teetering on her ability to binge another show. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Outer Banks, I, ha- I had fun with it. The season two's out. If you watch the first one, I would say, um, I would actually say I enjoyed it maybe even a little bit more than season one. Uh, just because there was a little bit more twists and turns and mystery to it. But uh, I, if you like the first one, I think you'll enjoy the second one. Yeah, I, uh, I've i heard from several people. This is a tough thing, right, is that you yourself have recommended several things to me to varying degrees of success, you know. Um, but I have heard from multiple people that Outer Banks is, I mean, like you said, it got the People's Choice Award that it is very, very bingeable. You know, you, you've thrown a couple at me. You threw uh, 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 Sons of Anarchy at me, and I think I got through three seasons and just kind of I, I lost momentum, ran out of gas, if you Son- will. Sons is tough because... It's, it's tough. It's heavy. There's so many episodes. That's true as well. it's dark, and it's not always uplifting. And so, especially to be binging it during COVID... And, you know, knowing how many episodes I could see it being tough for someone to get through. Yeah, it is very good, though. I enjoyed it. a lot. It's tough. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. 
Let's get back to it. I wanted to ask you about to speak on Money Heist. Now, you've mentioned it before. You've talked about your love of heist shows. Yeah. I'm five episodes in. And I think one of the one of the more difficult things for me to jump on to it is just the fact that it's dubbed. Now, sure. it's dubbed well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't really say it's dubbed poorly or not. But there just feels like something is lost. And normally I am somebody who says, watch it with the subtitles on, you know? Sure. Um, Parasite watched with the subtitles on. Loved it. Freaking absolutely loved it. With this, just the nature of the show, the nature of all of the jumping around, the nature of the fast pacedness of the show, Mm -hmm. I just didn't think that I could do subtitles like I did. No, that'd be pretty tough. I would be able to be pretty tough about it or I, it, it would be t- pretty tough for me, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going. You know, I'm I am intrigued. I am intrigued about where it's going. What do you love about Money Heist so much that apparently tens of other people do because it it is incredibly popular? Yeah, so I enjoy that. Okay, so like with heist movies, you either get like, you know, the far-fetched plan, the the crew that gets brought together, and it either goes really well or it crashes and burns and, you know, no one makes it out or they get caught or that kind of stuff. Rarely do you have anything in between. Sometimes you'll have varying degrees of, of both of those, um, but it also feels like you're typically asked to believe that like everything goes right. Usually in a heist movie or show, like maybe one or two things will go wrong. Sometimes that's what causes them to get caught or sometimes, you know, that's what causes someone to die or something like that. I feel like this show does a really good job of presenting a lot of challenges that you're like, how are they going to go get out of this? And it's not done in a way that's like, easy like some of them like have you kind of like on the edge of your seat like how are they going to do this sure what's going to do this oh crap like this is about to happen and they do a really good job of like giving you the audience an idea of like what's coming Mm -hmm. like because like you as a viewer have the benefit of obviously not being in this case they're they're doing uh what is it? The mint or the, yeah, the bank of Spain? I think it is there. It's the, the Royal mint of Spain, it's the Royal mint of Spain. Yeah. So, um, you have the benefit of, you know, obviously not being in there. You're also seeing the cops, you're seeing, you know, the guy, the professor, who's kind of the man behind the scenes for the group in the bank. That's not too big of a spoiler here. And they do a really good job of kind of like teasing what one side. So the police and that are going to do, but then you get to go into the mint and be kind of in this mode of like not knowing what's coming. And yeah, yeah. A lot. And it does, a, it does a really good job of kind of like you kind of, and it, and it takes you inside the bank for a period of time, like all in the back of your head, knowing something is coming, but all the characters that you're seeing on the screen have no clue it's coming. And then you have all this build up to that point when it happens. And then you get to see them all kind of react in, you know, quote unquote, real time to what's happening and navigate the challenges that become because of that. This is also a show. And, and I don't think you're far enough in this 
to have seen it, but they're also not afraid to, to, to kill off some people. So there's okay. some, some people, there's some victims throughout it. Um, which I always appreciate when a, when a show is willing to, to get rid of some, some characters throughout the process. Okay. And I don't know, there's just, it's very unique. Like there was so many things, like I've watched a lot of heist films, a lot of heist movie or oh, uh, yeah. shows. Well documented. I, well documented our love of heist. And I felt like there was something different about this show. And I will say like, you're on five. I feel like it probably, I think I was still like, just kind of like pushing through right when I was on episodes five, six, I don't think it was until I got close to the end of part one. Um, cause this is a Spanish show. It's, it's, you know, from Spain, um, aired there, then it was dubbed and put on Netflix. Right. And they do it instead of calling it like season one, season two, there's part one, part two, part like, three. Yeah. It's like season uh, one, part, part one, it's all kinds yep. of stuff. And the first four parts are all the same heights heist. So if you think about that, that's nine, 15, 23. I think it's like 31 episodes. Yeah. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's just the first three parts. I think it's 23 episodes. So it's basically, we get 23 hours of a single heist. Um, and maybe, maybe it's a, a little, a little over that. I can't remember Regardless, we get quite a few uh, episodes of a single heist before we move on to the next one. Looks like it's just the first two. So 15 hours of one heist. Gotcha. So um, well, but we've been we've been in this current one, though, for three and a half heists because we just got part five, which is something I just watched recently okay. with Allie because yeah. Allie got into it and really enjoyed it. And so we're through 36 episodes total and i think this heist started on 16 so we're like 19 in and we're still not done with this second heist so it's it's just really interesting um and the way that they're able to do it in kind of this long form it's definitely something that i think is suited to binging and i'm appreciative that netflix doesn't release them one episode at a time because mm. that would be painful with some of the cliffhangers. I feel bad for all the people living in Spain who watch this on actual TV and not streaming it and had to go through some of the cliffhangers because it, it definitely would have been, been brutal to go through, but yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a ton. I think that's the most interesting thing to me is that five episodes. Like when, when I see a heist movie, like it is very, there how do I put this? So it is usually when you've got a movie with a crew, right? And there's a great mastermind behind it. Like usually sometimes it'll make it seem like, oh, things are going wrong, but it's actually all according to plan. Or usually here. Okay. Listen, forget it. My issue is this. <laughs> if the prof and at the risk of turning this into a money heist episode, if the professor is this genius guy, who mm -hmm. puts this crew together, they literally start losing their cool like minute one into the heist. And I'm like, oh, well, it's this all has to be part of the plan, but it's not. Like they literally lose their cool minute one into the heist. Not all of them, but like one or two of them start immediately acting uncool. 
And so I'm just like, how is this possibly sustainable? How is as the screw-ups that they do possibly sustainable? And if nothing else, that is what is keeping me coming back because I'm like, well, these guys should be dead. Like, they're screwed. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, maybe they're not. Well, and that's the that's the fun part of it. And I'm I think it's maybe because I'm someone that loves, like, a band of misfits, like, all the different – maybe it goes all the way back to uh, – like dirty dozen and uh oh, what's the other one um well it goes to, i mean it goes to all of them it goes to or even uh you know you have a number of westerns that did it some of the classic westerns. oh sure what's yeah the, you got the magnificent seven magnificent got, seven all that got, kind of stuff i mean even going all the way back to the seven samurai and then you have other heist movies like heat you know where it's like this crew has it together but then they bring in the one guy who's yeah. totally not cool right yeah um and but this I think, one kind of blows that up a little. Yeah. And I think the great part about this is like they do a good dynamic of like the here and now to flashbacks of how this person got recruited or connected in. And like it's sprinkled all along. Like we're still learning more about right. these characters five seasons in. And like right. you'd think we would have the full background five seasons in, but like we got new dynamics of Tokyo. Who's one of the characters in this recent story that explained, like sure. we were given little breadcrumbs about them, but it's just fun that in the midst of this heights, we're also getting flashbacks and learning more about these characters that gives us context to why they're so unstable, or maybe they don't trust things or, they struggle with certain things. And so it, it's kind of fun. And you even learn more about like things about the first heights in the second heist, because you get flashbacks of like, why was this character even recruited into this group or what made them, what made the professor pick this completely unstable person. And it's just really fun. Um, it's so unique. And I think that's one of the things that I enjoy about it the most. We talk all the time about, just the desire for original stories and things like that, how much sure. we love remakes and that, but we also love, you know, original stuff. And I think there's a lot of things that I could say are similar to like what we're loving about WandaVision and what if, and those things where they take, you know, not necessarily unique stories, but they do it in a different way. And I think, and you unfolds know, in a different way. It's exactly. told in a different way. Exactly. And, and money heist isn't quite, you know, as unique as like something like WandaVision, but at the same time, like it is very different than your typical heist show or heist uh, movie. For sure. Well, I'm going to keep watching it. We'll see if it we'll see it. We'll see if I can keep trucking along with it, even though I'm on. Usually when I do my binging, I go in waves. Usually I will binge a show and then I will only focus on movies and then I'll go back to a show and I'll find a show again. So now the question becomes. You know, what's next up on your list or what are we watching? You know, I obviously I talked about all the Clint stuff that I want to watch. Um, two of my favorite current shows that are not like one of my favorite things about binging is that you can just watch everything in one sit, like not sitting, but like it has a beginning, middle end. OK, this show ran for eight seasons. It's done. I can watch the whole thing and be done with it and get the full story. But there are two shows on right now that are weekly releases that I just forgot what it was like to have a weekly show that you look forward to. 
And they are Ted Lasso and What We Do in the Shadows. Now, most people have probably heard about Ted Lasso. It just won a bunch of Emmys uh, this last Sunday. Uh, it's on Apple TV Plus, which I said to you earlier, I feel like Apple TV Plus is like the most elitist of current streaming services. Like everyone I talk to, despite them having Apple products, doesn't have Apple TV Plus. Uh, Maybe it's because it's a tech company trying to do entertainment. I don't know what it is, but Ted Lasso is incredible. Like everything that that you hear about Ted Lasso is that it is incredible. It's incredibly empathetic storytelling. You know how big I am on empathy. This entire second season is all about therapy and all about like being okay with the imperfections and inadequacies and anxieties that make you who you are. It's not what I would call a laugh out loud type comedy. Like it is not, and maybe it's because I'm sitting there by myself. I don't necessarily laugh out loud when I'm watching something by myself, even if it is hilarious, but it's witty and it's charming and it has incredible characters and amazing performances top to bottom. And if you have gone through any type of emotional or psychological struggle, especially over the last two years, like, I would greatly encourage watching Ted Lasso because it is a very warm show. It is a very, like a lot of people were talking about how good natured it is and it is very good natured, but it also does deal with, you know, serious topics like anxiety attacks, like, you know, the relationships that you have with your spouses and kids, the relationships you have with your coworkers, the relationships you have with your parents. Like it's super interesting. And it's also like really funny. Um, I do love you, that one. Do, do you recommend starting it now, jumping in, catching up, or would you say wait for this season to be done? You know, if someone if someone doesn't want to add another streaming, wants to right. do it for the minimal amount of time, you think they're well, missing out, not getting it now, or what do you think? Well, that's a good question. Everybody's different, right? I like I said, I was personally kind of very excited about the fact that like I have something to look forward to every Friday you know like oh there's a new episode cool everybody's talking about it cool at the same time if you don't want to add a new streaming service then like logically speaking you wait till the second season's over and then sign up for a month and then crank through it and then cool you're done with it but I got it like I said I found it so rewarding now that I have something to look forward to Every week. And the same is true of what we do in the shadows. Normally it airs on FX, but it also shows up on Hulu. And if you've number one, you should watch the Taika Waititi. It's a vampire mockumentary and you should watch the movie that came first with Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. It's incredible. Um, This one. Is I don't know how to describe it. It's insane. It's hilarious. It is legitimately laugh out loud funny. Um, it's a different group of vampires who are living in New York. Is it New York or Jersey or someplace like nondescript? And I, I don't know if you like Taika stuff, if you like that kind of humor, if you like that mockumentary style, I promise you, you will love this show. It is so damn funny. And the characters on it are incredible. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say without spoiling it. Like, it's just... It's three regular vampires, one energy vampire named Colin Robinson, who's just an incredible character. 
their familiar Guillermo, just like dealing with random stuff, you know, like random, like this last episode, they went, (laughs) they went to Atlantic city. And so it was all about them being in Atlantic city. And it was just delightful and it's madcap. It's, it's funny. It's got slapstick humor, plenty of slapstick humor. Um, Again, like it is so nice to have that thing just pop up, you know, at at the risk of like, oh, I'm going to consume it. You know, I I do think that there is something to be said about it being released one at a time. So you have something to anticipate rather than just consuming everything all at once. And then like, all right, what's next? Who's who am I to talk about the psychology of it all? You know, Um, but damn, you should watch what we do in the shadows on FX. It's incredible. Shout out. It's a good friend of the podcast, Jessica Gallagher. Uh, if she's listening to this, she's about to have a baby. I'm very happy and excited for her. Um, and like terrified because babies are a lot of work. Um, but I love her for it. She's the one who got me to watch it because I, I I wasn't watching it at the time. I think it's on season three right now. Um, nice. Very good stuff. So what about you? What do you have on your docket for what you're looking forward to watching or anticipating or what have you? Well, I've been enjoying Billions. Yes. Show that I know you watch. Sessions coming back too. I forgot. Oh my god. That's right. Um. So I'm enjoying Billions. It's it's in what are we season three? I think or season four. Billions? No. You're got to be like. Or no. I guess we're we're way we're way further than that. Sorry. Five or six or whatever it is, whatever season we're in of Billions. Um. It also feels weird because we got like half a season and then they took like a pause. Yeah. Um. I'm sure it was COVID related, but regardless we had like a pause and then suddenly it came back a couple of weeks ago. So they've done three episodes and I think there's like four or five more. I'm not sure, but regardless, I've been enjoying it. It's definitely one of those shows. I feel like is having a tr- little bit of a struggle continuing to reinvent itself, you know, sure. like, sure. You know, it's kind of like 24, like we loved 24 but like when you get into, you know, six, seven seasons, it's hard to really do something that we haven't seen. Like there's only so many people like acts can screw over, <laughs> you know, there's only so many like so many times all things that you, wags can do. Yeah. And so, sometimes you there's only so many times you can introduce like an eccentric new business person from exactly. this area or whatever. Exactly. So I'm still enjoying it. It's it's not quite the like I got to watch it as soon as it's out like it it was when I uh, when I first got into it. But I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. And I think people who are Billions fans will probably enjoy it. There's some 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 interesting drama happening into it. So I'm, I'm definitely watching that. Uh, I'm excited to see how what if wraps up. I know we watched the we we talked about that at length, so I won't go too deep into that. We did that on our last podcast. If you yes. want to hear us talk about very excited. what if and and Marvel as a, a larger part. Um and then yeah money heist is coming out. The second half of them are coming out in December. So I gotta wait a little bit for that. And then um I've been doing if 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 anybody wants to go back you can uh right now HBO Go's got uh, or HBO Max, I guess it's now mm. has uh, the the Harry Potter collection. So I've, I've been making my way through that. I, I only watch I didn't watch it when it first came out. So I think I only watched it maybe f- four years ago okay. for the first time, all the movies. So I figured I'd go back through, need something to do. But that's on HBO as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I 
I'm looking for something new. The other, the last thing that I have that I'm looking at watching, um, which came out, I think it was last week is, uh, once upon a time in Queens, which is the Ooh. ESPN 30 for 30 on, I think it's the 87 Mets, whichever Mets team won, but it's supposedly okay. absolutely bonkers. The story, um, for, for people that are into sports or even just, you know, looking for a good documentary. Uh, it's like, I think four parts, but like this team is bonkers. Like you want to talk about therapy, you know, pretty much every player on that team had, had dad issues, like <laughs> big issues growing up that led uh, and contributed a lot to, to some of their issues. But you got like stories of like players having sex with fans that they brought down to the dugout, like in between innings in the, <laughs> in the locker room, oh you got God. players doing drugs in the locker room in between innings, like all sorts of stuff. But it's, uh, I think, uh, it was Jimmy Kimmel and cousin Sal, uh, who were executive producers on it and, and a big part of that getting done. But, uh, okay. it's, I, I started watching it. I think I'm halfway through the first part and then I had to stop. But uh, it's it's super interesting, and especially if you like sports, I, I think it's definitely worth a watch and something I'm excited to to finish up and and uh, I'll report back how it was. But uh, definitely something that's on my list for here soon. For sure, yeah. I mean, we got all there's all kinds of stuff coming out. Like, you know, there's there's some good movies coming out too that are going to be available to binge. You know, on HBO Max or in the theaters if possible. But like. Netflix has a remake of The Guilty directed by Antoine Fuqua starring Jake Gyllenhaal where he's a 911 operator, you know, trying to help a kidnapped woman. You know, The Many Saints of Newark with with uh, which they I think they called The Many Saints of Newark a soprano story, which is like some Star mm -hmm. Wars shit, I guess. Like apparently The Many Saints of Newark wasn't wasn't tracking that it was two sopranos enough despite the logo and the the freaking music in it. I don't know. Um the Harder They Fall, which looks incredible, which is a primarily black uh, Western coming on Netflix. And then we got, you know, we got crazy stuff. Venom. Ooh, Venom's, yeah. around. Venom's around the corner. That looks insane. Dune. Like, I cannot wait for some of the movies that are coming out. I'm incredibly, incredibly excited. Um, so if you had to throw one last thing out there, like if you had to make your number one recommendation, you should be watching this. What what would you say? And you can pull from what you already talked about. Well, I mean, quick side note without going on a tangent. I mean, obviously, you should be watching MTV, the challenge and America's <laughs> fifth sport, which Rick and I get together, which you and I get together every Wednesday for and watch with with my wife as well. But outside of that, and you can have endless binge fun of going back and watching all the old seasons on paramount plus i did that i, I don't think seasons i'm not sure if we ever talked about it on the podcast but i literally binged a decade's worth of television in like over two, a decade's two, worth. two and a half months like li yeah like literally from like from like season 10 or 11 all the way to season like 35 yeah boy so, is it great television great television you'll get to see like culture change fashion change like it's Behavior. like a time capsule that yeah all sorts of things uh production value all that kind of stuff so, every bad thing that i've ever <laughs> said about reality television 
I <laughs> I had my mind changed with the with the challenge. But I will I will say at least there's a point to it. Like at least it's competition because absolutely I can't just watch like real hives housewives sit around and bicker about bullshit. Like give me <laughs> somebody's got to win something, damn it. And the challenge provides that. That's right. That's right. So I still think money heist is is at the top of my list. I just think it's different than than what we're used to seeing on there. Definitely have to get over the dubbing. Um, I think when I first watched it, I was thrown off. I thought like the sound was off of my TV. I think I even told you that. But uh, once I realized it was dubbing, like I think you get so engrossed in the story and you definitely after a season or two are so used to those voices being those characters' voices that like the fact that like a couple of the spots here and there, like the, the mouth to the words that you're hearing doesn't exactly line up doesn't really bother you anymore so sure. i really enjoyed it i think it's a good binge it's on netflix which i feel like you talked about how apple plus is like the elitist i feel like netflix is of the people and maybe it's just because it's <laughs> been around the longest but typically anytime i ask someone do you have netflix the answer is yes whereas pretty much everything else is hit or miss other than probably amazon because everybody has amazon prime to order crap so they obviously have access to amazon prime but uh, haven't had anything real noteworthy. I feel like on Amazon prime for a little bit, uh, yeah. since they had a little run there with movies and, and some shows that feels like it's the one that's, that's the least, uh, certainly the least of this conversation today. I think yeah. I'll go, I think I'll go back and I, you know, I'll, I'll lean into, you know, the Clint binge that I've been doing right now. And I'll kind of do that for anything, you know, for, for, for whoever's listening, it might not be Clint Eastwood that you have never given a chance. It might be another filmmaker. It might be another actor or director or, or, or somebody that you, for whatever reason, have always just been avoiding or just never got around to. And it's just interesting now, you know, with a different perspective to be able to watch those movies and read about their cultural significance and recognize their cultural significance. So for me, I mean, heck, man, if you just want to watch five, you know, great to eh, kind of OK, you know, traditional cop movies, watch the Dirty Harry movies, watch the Man With No Name trilogy with me while I'm doing it as well, because uh, I just think that that's a if one thing binging has given us, it is the opportunity to revisit old things in ways that we might not have before, you know, beforehand. And if I had to go, if I wanted to watch the man with no name trilogy, I had to go rent it at, at, a, at a store or buy it. And now it's just there. Yeah. And there, and for as, as much as I complain about movie theaters and, cinema and what the future may hold for us there is no denying that it is really cool that i can just watch this entire trilogy or these these sections of movies because they're available on a service that i'm paying for like i don't i don't know it's just really cool and really convenient so tell us what you're tell us what you're binging hit us up on facebook on twitter on instagram at the popcorn diet and tell us what you are binging. I want to know what you're talking about. Before we go, I also want to remind you that you can get free episodes of the podcast sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, and share this with your other good movie buddies. 
Don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of an independent film co- podcast in a time where film needs your support. Watch more things and check us out on patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, like I said before, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last, but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com but for the canadian machine mr david melhorn i am your very best good movie buddy rick williamson and we'll see you next time with another good movie or show or binged anything on the popcorn diet adios